from the book of Deuteronomy. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations, which thou shalt possess, hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the blog posts, the archives, uh, devotionals, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Thanks for joining me this morning. We are resuming our study in the Acts according to the Apostles, and we have an interesting story uh, for us this morning. Uh, if you remember... Uh, last week we went through chapter 15, and that's when you know they went to the council at Jerusalem, and the judgment was handed down. And now Paul is going, uh, going out and distributing. He's going to Lystria and some other places, and he's distributing the letter uh, that was written. This is where he's going to find Timothy. Um, This is also an area where you're going to see how they are kind of led and resisted by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus on where they should go to preach the gospel. Then we have the story of this woman who has a diviner spirit, which is an interesting, interesting story, an interesting concept. Uh, and then, of course, as a result of that situation, Paul is arrested and he's in prison, but then there's an earthquake and he's set free and you have this whole thing. And so it's just a really interesting story uh, for us this morning. So with the background uh, established, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at what the Word of God has to say for us this morning. Open up your hearts and I pray that you'll be blessed. Let's begin. Chapter 16, the Acts of the Apostles. Verse 1. Paul came also to Debris and to Lystra. And a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. And Paul wanted this man to go with him. And he took him and he circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. All right, we gotta we gotta take a second and kind of think about this. I mean, one of the big things about what they just got done 
doing at the council was having this debate over whether or not you had to be circumcised. And the conclusion was, no, you don't need to be. And here he has Timothy, whose mother is a Jew, whose father is a Greek. He really wants this young man to be with him, to help him with the gospel. Um, it's likely he, Paul's thinking, okay, aside from the fact that this kid is upright and he's righteous and he's and he's wise he also has access to both cultures because he's he's jewish but he's also greek so he can really relate to both people he's a he's going to be a great asset for the kingdom of god but we're going to circumcise him so why would why would we do this why would paul do this after all it's already been established it's not necessary well the scriptures say the reason is because the Jews were in those parts and they knew that Timothy's father was a Greek. So the likely conclusion is that Paul is concerned that the Jews will think that Timothy had renounced his faith, his father being Greek. And so just to be have better access to the Jews and them being more willing to accept Timothy and listen to Timothy as a Jewish believer, he got circumcised. Um, remember, Timothy is Jewish. The debate that we just had in Acts 15 was about whether or not the Gentile believers needed to be circumcised and observe the law of Moses. Right? It was about the Gentiles. Here we're dealing with a Jew, Timothy. Okay. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. And they passed through the Pergian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not prevent them. And passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. Now, I haven't had time to study this out. Uh, I just wanted to point out something interesting uh, worth maybe looking into. So they, they're in Galatia. They, it says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel in Asia at that time. Of course, we know there'd be seven churches in Asia, right? That would eventually be established. Um, so they were resisted by the Holy Spirit there. And then when they go to Bithynia, it says the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Two different distinguish, it distinguishes Spirit of Jesus, Holy Spirit. I just find that interesting. But again, uh, I don't have time to study that out this morning. Continuing on, verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul. In the night. Okay, so when it says a vision in the night, in my mind, it's not like I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I have a vision. It's like a vision upon your bed, like when you're sleeping. And a, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man in Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran straight course to Samothrace, and on the day following, Nepolis, and from there, Philippi, 
which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer, and we sat down and began speaking to the woman, to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken of by Paul. Please note, how was the woman's heart opened? Who opened her, who opened her heart so that she could actually believe? A worshiper of God was listening, and the Lord opened her heart. Why? To respond to the things spoken by Paul. Verse 15, And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be a faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Now here's where the story gets kind of interesting for a second here. Verse 16, It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by foretelling by fortune telling following after paul and us she kept crying out saying these men are bond servants of the most high god who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation so this is interesting you know the bible doesn't say that people who are possessed with divination seers wizards, even necromancers, and all these things don't exist, right? They clearly say they do exist. Leviticus 19 tells us, regard them, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to, to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. The Bible is very clear that these strange anomalies, anomalies do exist. And we wonder why these people in Hollywood and in these high places seek after uh, these satanic customs and things. Well, it's because there's actual real power in it. <laughs> there's, it's, there's real power in the things that they're doing. As strange and bizarre as that is. That's why in the law they, of Moses, they, in Israel, if they found a witch, they were supposed to execute him. Uh, I just read to you from Deuteronomy uh, to start the show. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. You see, usually with being possessed by demonic powers comes child sacrifice. Or that uses divination, an observer of times, an enchanter, a witch, a charmer. Anyone who consults with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Bizarre. You know, we li in modern times, it's almost like these concepts are just like some kind of fantasy thing, because we're just too civilized, we're just too into science to possibly comprehend. Let me just tell you, the very people who are telling you science, 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 just obey science are the very ones who are also practicing these things and uh, mingling with, with uh, these familiar spirits and things. It's part of the deception. 
Matthew Henry says, Satan, through the father of lies, will declare the most important truths. It's interesting here that this woman who's possessed by a familiar spirit, who is possessed by divination, still has to proclaim the truth, right? When it comes to Jesus, what does she do? She's following after Paul. You would think she'd be trying to like lie and cheat, but she's to, to deceive, but she's unable to because of the power of God, right? Says that she was following after Paul and she kept crying out saying, these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Now you would think that Paul would think, all right, this is great, but he's annoyed because he knows that this is a demonic spirit that's giving her the power, okay? And he's finally going to come to the end of it. So let's continue the story where he gets a little bit fed up. These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation, verse 18. So he continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. So the master is not happy. His slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, is no longer able to bring profit. By the way, if you look at this uh, through the Greek and everything, the spirit of divination, it's like it's a python spirit. And the expression comes from Greek mythology. Python was a snake that was guarded, that guarded the oracle of Delphi, which was a false god. Essentially, this girl was a medium in contact with demons who could supposedly predict the future. Of course, we just read to you from Deuteronomy why uh, you're not supposed to do that, according to God. So anyway, they get locked up uh, for causing trouble in Rome. Or in a Roman city, I mean. Verse 22, The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off of them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods, and when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them in prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into an inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So the guard has been told these people don't leave under, under, under any circumstances, right? So he does, takes some extra precautions and binds their feet. Verse 25, but about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer awoke, he saw the prison doors were open, and he drew a sword, and he was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for the lights, and he rushed in, trembling with fear, and he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, 
believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. By the way, what did he have to do to be saved? Did, was, did Paul give him a list of dues? Just believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Of course, salvation brings action, right? What happens next? And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all of his household. And he brought them into his house and he set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God and his whole household. And when the day came, the chief magistrates sent their policemen, saying, Release these men. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The chief magistrates have sent to release you. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us in public without trial, men who are Romans, and thrown us into prison. And now they send us away secretly? No, indeed, but let them come themselves and bring us out. And the policemen reported these words to the chief magistrates. And they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and appealed to them. And when they had brought them out, they kept begging them to leave the city. And they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. And that, my friends, is Acts chapter 16. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed this morning, that your hearts have been pierced, that there's been some encouragement, that you've been strengthened in your faith, and that you would draw closer to God. Thanks for listening. Thanks to you, those of you who pray for the podcast. Pray for me and my family. I appreciate that so much. Uh, thank you to those of you who support the podcast and help make it possible every week. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time. God bless.